Hello and welcome to Cognitive Urbanism. This is Justin Hollander. I am really happy to have you join me. This is my sixth episode of this podcast. I started this a couple months ago and it's been um, really great after after six ep- after five episodes. Um, I've actually developed a small following. Uh, so I want to thank all of those of you who've reached out to me, who've listened to other podcasts, uh, other episodes, and have enjoyed them. And, and, you know, it's just, it's great to, it's great to get the, the feedback. So today, the subject of the podcast is uh, what I'm calling Public Health and Urban Planning 2.0. So if you do a little bit of history, you you see that the emergence of the urban planning profession arose out of a lot of public health concerns. It was about 100 years ago, the first uh, professional urban planners started working, um, and there was a real integration between people who were concerned about the spread of infectious diseases, for example, and the design of cities and streets. Well, so... What happened was that that linkage evaporated over the ensuing decades. And and really, starting in the mid-2000s, there was a reawakening. And the public health and urban planning fields started to come together as a single, single interest area. And so what has really happened is that A lot of urban planners have public health backgrounds. A lot of public health people do work related to urban planning. Um, Really good example of this is an effort called Safe Routes to School. This is really a national program which has participation with uh, educators, the United States Department of Education is involved, as well as uh, as public health and, and urban planning types. Uh, an effort to to try to make it easier for kids to walk to school. So the idea is that that makes them healthier because they can walk more, they're more active. So this is really uh, what I consider to be the the reemergence, the rebirth of, of the connection between urban planning and public health. Well, today's podcast is going to talk about a 2.0, a, a new way to even think about that that connection. So those of you who've been who've been following my work, have been listening to these podcasts, know that I published a book, I wrote a book with Ann Sussman called Cognitive Architecture. And this is a book that has really made a, a big splash. I've gotten a, a lot of exciting interest from it. But at the at the most basic, what we try to do in the in the book is make the case that the human brain, the way that we are evolved as mammals, has to do is going to have an impact on how we perceive the built environment, the places that we spend time. As a result, our kind of overall well-being is going to be impacted by places we go and and and, and buildings we visit. So, this uh, I definitely encourage you to read the book. But what I've come to recognize is that when you really kind of dive into this notion of well-being, it's important to have some good conceptualization. So what are the dimensions of well-being? Well, I mean, there are certain kind of psychological dimensions, there's physical dimensions, there's um, uh, more kind of social dimensions. So so when you look at health, 
this this kind of research and 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 this book I just wrote really kind of makes makes some important leaps. It's not just about getting kids to walk more and getting people to have healthier lifestyles. Biking, walking, taking public transit, not sitting in cars long. These are all good things. This is really what I, I consider public health and urban planning uh, 1.0, which is what, what, what we talked about in the last couple of decades has been really emerging and is certainly important. But I'm talking about something that's really much more about our uh, psychological responses to places and how that impacts us. So I actually talked to a, a woman who's she's doing her thesis at MIT and um, she's doing a film about how people experience the uh, uh, MIT. So that's a Massachusetts Institute of Technology um, in in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The experience that people have as they're walking through that campus and what what is their kind of perception of well-being? Well, that that's a really important link with the cognitive architecture book. How do people experience the their well-being as they're in different urban places and different neighborhoods and different cities? And so I read something in Fast Company. Uh, this is a like a magazine. It was reporting on some uh, pretty serious research that was conducted by a bunch of professors, uh, medical doctors, in fact, and, and others at, um, published in the American Journal of, of Public Health. So, th- so this research really kind of takes the, this, this whole argument even further. What these folks did was they were worried that they were parts of, of a dilapidated urban area. I think, actually, they looked in Philadelphia. And they were worried that that was going to impact people's well-being. Here, they're operationalizing it by saying that, that well-being is, is how stressed out you are as measured by heart rate. So they, they hooked people up to portable heart rate monitors, and they were able to demonstrate, using a pretty sophisticated research design that, that involved uh, dozens of participants and, and, and I'm sure a huge, a huge amount of effort and time, uh, I believe this was actually funded by the National Institutes of Health, Big project, and what they found was that people's heart rates responded to uh, abandoned abandoned buildings and, and and in a negative way, and greened areas, uh, grass and and bushes and trees, in a positive area, in a positive way. So, so I mean, what what we're getting here is some very powerful evidence to support this kind of public health urban planning 2.0 that it's it's about how do we do a better job of of designing cities in a way that's going to make people not just walk more in a, in the kind of public health urban planning 1.0 but how we get people to be healthier because of the things they see the places they experience and this is kind of back to that cognitive architecture this original the book that that just that just came out that if you understand how the human mind works and how we experience places we'll understand how do we do a better job of of creating places that will make people's heart rates stay low in in a most kind of crude way Uh, i'm putting it in a most crude way so this is really a big area of, of, of research and attention. I'm excited to kind of start to be learning about it, and I have a, a small project that I'm, I'm doing myself, and I'm going to talk about that in another podcast. But 
But here's there's an opportunity here for both the public health profession and the urban planning profession to kind of come together and to be better equipped to study and analyze not just heart rates, but other indicators of health and well-being, not, and not necessarily about simply how do we get around, but, but like really that question about what, what does it make to, what does it take to make good urban design and what kind of building facades are better or worse or how far should a, a block be? Again, I really encourage you to check out my book, Cognitive Architecture with Ann Sussman. This is a, a book that kind of lays out what we know about the psychology and neuroscience of human perception related to the built environment. And so, so here we have an opportunity in the, in the field to start to test out the public health implications of, of, of these different options. So thank you so much for your attention and listening. And again, I welcome you to give me some feedback and follow up with any questions you have. And uh, look forward to the next podcast. Have a great day.